Welcome to the Root of Our Health podcast, a holistic health and wellness podcast for women over 40. I am your host, Elizabeth DiCristofano, a functional medicine health coach, and each week I will provide bite-sized tips, knowledge, and insights along with experts and thought leaders so we can all learn how to get to the root cause of our health as we dance into the second half of our lives. Please keep in mind, this podcast is for educational purpose only and should never be used as a replacement for any medical diagnosis or treatment. Thank you for joining me. Now let's dig in. And welcome back, ladies, to another show. Today, we are talking everything about the gut. And let me just tell you, we can go on for hours talking about this topic. It is so complex and it's just, there's so much information about the gut. It's just way too much information basically to go in on a quickie is what I wanted to do today. So the gut is where we could find the root cause of most of our current illnesses. You have joint issues, look at the gut. Neurodegenerative issues, look at the gut. Even cancers such as breast and colon cancer can be traced back to an unhealthy gut. But mostly autoimmune issues such as type 1 diabetes, celiac disease, rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, chronic fatigue syndrome, Crohn's disease, small intestine bacterial overgrowth, which is also known as SIBO, IBS, Alzheimer's, and Parkinson's. Wow. So you see why the gut health and the gut is so important. It is also known as the second brain. Well, why do you think it's called gut instinct? I will go over in a little bit about um, the symbiosis of the um, gut health and brain health. The gut is where 70% of your immune system resides. And you know right now where COVID is running rampant, we need our immune system up. So healthy gut, healthy immune system. Well, why do we want a healthy gut? I just said one thing, um, but let me list it a little bit more. It provides the necessary ingredients to maintain a healthy microbiome. This also absorbs nutrients needed for living a healthy life. Having a healthy gut signals the immune system and nervous system in a healthy way. It also balances the mental, emotional, and spiritual health. So we have the mind-body connection. So just imagine, if you are stressed out, this equals gut problems. So what happens when our gut is not healthy? Well, we do have good and bad bugs in our gut microbiome. So this is like saying good and bad bacteria in our gut microbiome. So we need the good bugs because they reduce inflammation in the body. It regulates immune and digestive function. It enhances the nutrient absorption. And it produces serotonin and other mood stabilizers. So what usually happens when we have a healthy gut is we usually keep the good bugs or good bacteria in and we eliminate the bad bacteria. However, with an inflamed gut, 
the cells get damaged and particles that are not supposed to get into, you know, those bad bugs, they do. So look at it this way. If you're a visual person like I am, so you have these rows of cells. Now, these rows of cells are really connected. They are like on top of each other. They are, you know, stacked and they, you know, there's no, there's no holes in between them or there's no room to get in between them. So they are there. They're basically they're, they're guards. They're the guardians of the gut. So what happens is when you have the healthy gut, it is, it is moving, you know, smoothly. So you have your good bacteria and the bad bacteria is just basically bouncing off. So the things that aren't wanting to get in there, can't get in there are bouncing off. They're bouncing off and they're going bye-bye. Now, when you have um, an unhealthy gut or, you know, basically leaky gut as they call it, because you'll know in a second, this deteriorates the cells. So what happens is the cells kind of, you have more room now to get the bad bugs in. So think of it as, like I said, a protector of your gut. Well, if some of these protectors are dying, then you have room for these bad people, bad, you know, things to get in. And this destroys the gut and becomes leaky. That's what it's called. So it also at this point, there's a thing called molecular mimicry. So this happens when the antigens that invade the gut possess similar antigenic determinants as human tissues. So these, basically these antigens are like, you know, mimicry, uh, just, you know, things that are looking good. And so the gut thinks, oh, well, you know, that's something I want in, but then I'm going to do this as funny, but it goes, he, 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 I'm not good. I'm going to attack you. And it does. Um, hopefully that wasn't too childish, but, uh, <laughs> you get the point. So as visual as that is, you get the point that we want ourselves to be connected, to be non-damaged and to be that wall, be that barrier for our gut. So what causes this unhealthy gut to happen? Well, sad, and I will say it is sad because it's the standard American diet, which relies heavily on chemically processed foods, or I like to call frankenfoods. This also includes refined sugar. So anything like you know, flours and breads and stuff that has refined sugars, cakes, you know, all of that stuff that could potentially lead to a healthy, unhealthy gut. Other uh, causes of unhealthy gut are interactions of medications. So some medications can damage the gut lining. You also have infections, toxins from metals in the environment, toxins from metals and the environment. Uh, and also inadequate digestive enzymes and stomach acid, as well as inflammation. So what are the signs of low stomach acids? When you have low stomach acid, these are the signs that you can look for. Your food sits in your stomach like a brick. Have you ever felt that to where you're just like, oh my God, I just ate and it's just sitting there and I can't move and I, I just feel horrible. 
Well, that is a sign for low stomach acid. Now, people think that if you belch or pass gas after you eat, then it must have been a great meal. Well, that is far from the truth. This is another sign of low stomach acid and something that you don't want. So the other thing that, uh, other sign is that you get bloated right after a meal. So uh, it's called food baby. This is something, again, you don't want and is not normal after eating a meal. Other signs of low stomach acid is you have iron deficiency and un- undigested foods in stool. So that corn in the stool, well, why do you think that's there? Um, so let's go on to gut health and brain health. Well, there is a symbiotic nature to both of these. It, it speaks to one another. And how it speaks to one another is there is a part of the brain called the vagus nerve. It is known as a superhighway from the brain to the gut. So what this vagus nerve does is it tells the muscle in the gut to contract. Another thing that it does is it dictates either a rest or digest mode or a fight or flight mode. So I don't know about you, but whenever I get stressed, I don't want to eat. That is my time to either take care of the stress. Um, I, my, my, basically, I'm not hungry. I, even if I am starting to eat lunch and all of a sudden get interrupted or pissed off, all of a sudden my, my hunger shuts down. Like, I don't even want to think about food. I can't think about food. I am not hungry anymore. There is a reason for this. So when you're in a fight or flight mode, you are in that mode for a reason. You need to concentrate on getting the hell out or doing something like, like take care of the stress at hand. So your, your hunger is not top of mind. It is basically, you know, I need to take care of whatever is going on. Either that or I'm just going to get the hell out of here, like I said. <laughs> so when you are sitting down, you're not distracted. You're looking at your food. You're smelling your food. You're just enjoying your food chewing your food, and being mindful of what you have in front of you, then you have a healthy digestion. You can digest your food properly. And so this way, you know, you have a better gut health. So another thing that the vagus nerve does is it also helps push the food into the small intestines. So you need this vagus nerve. Again, Gut health, brain health, gut health, brain health. So there is a connection. And to go on top of this also, of what, you know, not only what the vagus nerve does, but whenever, do you ever get, you know, the days or whenever that you just feel like you are just the smartest person and you don't know why? Like everything to you is just, you can rattle off everything. Your brain is working 10 times, you know, more than usual. Well, a lot of times it's because of not only what you eat, but how it is digested. So your gut is really helping your brain function. 
So if you also are really hungry, remember, like if you are hangry, there's a reason that it's called hangry is because your brain is shutting down and saying, I need to eat. I need to eat now. So that is all I can think about. So let me eat now. And then you get brain fog and all of that. So again, there is that connection. Um, and then certain chemicals in foods, so certain preservatives and chemicals that are in these foods um, that we shouldn't even be eating is, is those chemicals actually affect the brain. So it makes us dumber. <laughs> so I don't, you know, this is another reason why not to eat these foods is because it actually makes us dumber. All right, let's get on to the gut health and perimenopause and menopause. And this is something that I know you ladies are wanting to hear about. So it is extremely important to take care of your gut in these stages of our lives. So there is a subset of bacteria called estrobolome, like microbiome, but estrobolome. And with a healthy estrobolome, it will effectively metabolize your estrogen and keep the estrogen in check. So boosting your microbiome health now will have a tremendous effect on your menopause symptoms and, of course, your overall health. So win-win. So please, please take your gut health seriously. Not only if you are already in menopause stage or perimenopause stage or even post-menopause, but even before, if you're not there yet, um, I think all of these stages, you can definitely you know, benefit from a better and healthier gut. So now that we talked about all of the problems and issues and and the importance of a healthy gut, how do we treat it? So we have this nasty, you know, gut bug, digestive system all out of whack. So how do we treat these gut issues? Well, there's a 5R system. It's called remove, replace, re-inoculate, repair, and rebalance. So removing are removing the foods and toxins that are causing the inflammations. So kind of going back to what causes the unhealthy um, gut with the sad American diet. Um, the main things, the main ones, made food, main foods. Uh, are anything made with wheat, coin, corn, soy, or dairy, and also gluten, of course. So we also remove, we want to remove the chronic stresses in our lives. Now, we all have stresses, no doubt. We're, and I say this before, I say it again, we are all going to have stress in our lives every day. Um, maybe not every day, but it's going to be there. So there's a good stress and the bad stress, and the bad stress is bad stress is the chronic stress. So that is something that we want to remove, and um, the reason why we want to remove is it wreaks havoc on the hormones, especially cortisol. And this cortisol, this affected cortisol, directly affects the gut. So again, chronic stress affects the gut. So then after we've removed the foods, the toxins, the stress, we want to replace. So one, uh, once the removal of these foods and toxins, we need to replace them with the anti-inflammatory foods. And these are such as berries, fatty fishes like salmon, mackerel, 
sardines, avocados, broccoli, turmeric, and even dark chocolate and cocoa. But the dark chocolate and cocoa cannot have sugar. So the higher, um, the higher percentage of dark chocolate, say more than 75% or 80, uh, you're, you know, basically have the lower sugar. So I would start there. Um, lint, believe me, I am a chocoholic, as you guys know. Um, so I have the lint 95% and it is not bitter in any way. It is delicious. So I'm going to go ahead and link up the, um, where you can get it. Uh, I'm sure you can get it everywhere, but, um, just so you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so then the third thing after we re- replace, we re-inoculate. And this is to reestablish the gut. So how you do that is you, you know, you have probiotics and prebiotics. So prebiotics are, um, taken in foods and, and, um, liquids such as like asparagus, green tea. Those are the two, um, probi- or prebiotics. Um, and then flax, you know, stuff like fiber is good prebiotic as well. And then your probiotics, of course, are like, um, yogurts, uh, you know, if you can do non-dairy yogurt, that's even better because we're trying to remove the dairy. So coconut, uh, milk yogurt, uh, unsweetened again to remove that sugar. Uh, so stuff like that. And then, uh, the fourth thing is repairing. So while we're, you know, doing all of these, uh, re-inoculating, it's repairing the gut. And then the fifth is to rebalance. Now, when, when we're rebalancing the gut, we're modifying your lifestyle for a healthier gut and life. So, you know, when you're doing, let's say, the removing, and the removing is kind of doing an elimination diet. So it's, it's literally three weeks. So you're not doing this forever. And it's just eliminating certain foods that could be causing, you know, your digestive issues. And so when you do this and you re, you know, you reinstate these foods after a while, um, sometimes you find out which foods you can and cannot eat. So then this is when you're rebalancing your lifestyle, you're rebalancing what foods you can and cannot eat. And then it's rebalancing like, you know, moving a little bit more, kind of understanding a little healthier lifestyle in addition to cleaning up the gut. So that is it for the gut. Um, actually, that is it for what I am going to be talking about the gut because there, like I said, is so much information on the gut that I don't want to spend hours and hours and hours on this. Um, but I will kind of link up in the show notes some resources that you can kind of do a little bit more investigating. And, um, you know, if you have a gut issue, if you think you have a gut issue, um, I, I think a lot of us do only because of not just what we eat, but how we eat. I think it's a good idea to kind of just, you know, maybe go down that rabbit hole if you have time and uh, just kind of look at, you know, all of these different, not only the issues, but of ways, foods, recipes, all of that fun stuff that you could, you know, rebalance and re and and get your gut health back because essentially your gut and your brain we need that intact in order to live a healthy lifestyle and i'm also going to um kind of link up 
I did mention the elimination diet. Now, again, I'm not prescribing it. I don't want you to do it without a doctor, specifically a functional medicine doctor. So please, 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 like I always say, speak to your doctor first before doing any of this. But elimination diet is really, it's not, it's not, you know, uh, like a specific diet like paleo or keto to where it's introducing foods that you shouldn't be eating. It's kind of getting away those foods of what could cause some inflammation in your body. So it's not really a hurtful diet. And I don't want to say, you know, um, some diets are hurtful and some aren't. But just take a look at it. Talk to your doctor about it. See what he or she says. And um, hopefully this helps you to get to a better gut health. And as always, please, 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 um, if you haven't already, and I know you have, um, but if you have it, <laughs> please subscribe to my podcast wherever you have are listening to it. Um, and then when you, if you are on, um, iTunes, uh, or Apple podcasts, or if you can go to iTunes and rate this podcast, um, the reason I ask for that is so that this spider is out. So this gets out more to the mainstream, more to women over 40 like you who, you know, want to hear more of this stuff and want to understand more about, you know, the root causes of our health. So that's why I ask every episode to rate um, and then, of course, subscribe and share these episodes, especially this one, um, to whomever you think would definitely benefit from it. And, you know, reach out to me. Let me know what your takeaways are. I'm on Instagram, um, The Root of Our Health, and Facebook, The Root of Our Health. Um, also, you can find me on Clubhouse, although you can't really DM me there, um, which is Liz at Liz DiCristofano. Um, but anyway, I'll link up everything in the show notes. I won't take any more of your time. And as always, you are worth it.